This is Comictating, the comic book review arm of the Nerdables family of podcasts. Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? Welcome back, comic book fans, to a latest issue of Comictating. As always, I'm joined by my partner, Sebastian. How's it going? Here at Earth 2 Comics in Northridge, we are in a somewhat frigid back room because there's this glowing orb in the sky. They I don't know what it is. The sun. No, have not seen that for a while, which is weird to say in Southern California. To go from drought, drought, drought to, hey, everyone next to the Oroville Dam, run away, run away. as fast as possible because we think the dam's going to explode. Them Northern Californiers got out of their drought. Yeah. We have not yet, uh, unfortunately. Not officially, no. They still we're have... close, though. We've sort of like halfway through. We're not in a severe drought. We're still in a drought, though, because of our groundwater supplies. Haven't yeah, when, it goes, like when you get it quickly like that, it doesn't work because most of it's yeah. just runoff. Yeah, we uh, get most of our water from Northern California, so... Every little bit helps. Yeah, see that uh, one of the local cities kept all their drought restriction rules in place. And, you know, citizens were like, oh, what are you doing? It's like, it's just, it's not over yet. You got to go a couple of years like this and we'll yes. see what happens. But um, So how but, are yeah. you, every other state in the Union, yeah. currently not experiencing drought? <laughs> every other state in the Union, which is like frozen. Yes. Right now is the... Going through a couple feet of snow northeast, on the east coast. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Some of those pictures are just of snow on top of cars and stuff like that. It's like, well, it's raining a lot, but we don't get that. So, uh, But if it's raining or if it's snowing or if it's warm or whatever, we always love to just sit and read comics. That's what we call a terrible segue. This week we have four new comics to review. We've got two uh, new DC titles, a Rebirth title, a number one title. I'm going to talk about God Country, a book that was released a couple weeks ago, but it was it, got, it caught fire. It caught it's yes, like it super high. Uh, the second printing's out this week, and I wanted to give it uh, a shot because it has actually, now that you can find it, or hopefully be able to find it at your local comic shop, it is a pretty good book. Right, it, it was definitely a sleeper hit. It took, yeah, like two weeks for people to finally go, I need more of that book. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll also be reviewing The Wild Storm, Will and Ellis' new book in the DC slash former homage universe which is something i've been looking forward to so we need it last but we're going to start with a book that both sebastian and i were really looking forward to i think a lot of dc fans were looking forward to and that is super sons number one peter tomasi of superman fame writing the book of a, the team up between damian wayne and jonathan kent george jimenez or probably jorge jimenez with a j right yes uh as the artist alejandro sanchez is the colorist uh we've had uh damian and uh, I keep wanting to call him Connor. <laughs> Damien and Jonathan meet in Superman number 10, and they've formed an uneasy friendship, yeah. buddiness. I mean, there's, there's few people in the DCU that are as young as they are who are also as powerful as right. they are. So they're, they're frenemies. They're antagonistic towards each other. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's kind uh, of brothering. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it's almost this, it, it's like taking Superman and Batman to the extreme. Where yes. Batman does kind of needle clark a little bit and then the flip of that's happened where clark starts needling batman because he's so like we this right. is so great and so you kind of get that here where the uh damien will needle jonathan as they go through the book opens with a prologue prologue of uh some kids sitting around watch tv this is, this reminds me of um the simpsons treehouse where it's the uh, bart has that like all-knowing power or whatever right. Uh, there's a kid here who's obviously in control and, you know, he's, I, I want some popcorn. No, you're, oh no. Okay. Yeah. I see your, my feet are cool. It's group hog. And then you go and it's a set of a TV, TV series. Show. It's like a Twilighty Zone thing. Although there's no crew. There is no crew. Which... And then we jump into, uh, 
sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, it's uh, it's very, very fascinating to notice immediately, like, wait a second, there is no crew here. It yeah. is very heavily Twilight Zone, and he does kind of look like uh, Send Him to the Cornfield Kid. Yeah, Bill Mummy. Got that that idea. Um, and then we jump into kind of an in-situ of uh, Damien riding Connor's back as they're running away from some robotic versions of them. And then it goes back even farther uh, to Damien showing up in Smallville as uh, at the school and to be the bus driver. Yeah. Um, it's a book that's heavy on their personalities and Tomasi gets it so incredibly right. Right. He's written both of these characters. Obviously he's doing Jonathan and Superman. He did Batman and Robin with Damien and the new 52. So the voices of these characters really have been developed as Tomasi has been writing them yes. for so long. He's been and this writing... book uh, went through uh, a, went through a guard change was going yeah. to be done by a different creative team, but then Peter Tomasi took over, and uh, I will say that gave me full confidence in the book because Peter Tomasi has been doing so well with these characters. Yeah. Damien really, I mean, as much as, as Morrison created that character, ran that character through Batman Inc. to his uh, demise, which obviously he got better, got better, uh, Tomasi's written Damien even longer now. Yes. Writing him since 2011 at the start of the New 52 through Batman and Robin, uh, the voice that that Damien has kind of developed, his personality, his tone, his aura about him, is really Tomasi. It is. It uh, is. You know, the, the groundwork is there with, with Morrison, obviously, but <clears throat> Tomasi's the modern kind of version of him. We talk about something like Wolverine, where, yes, Len Wein created Wolverine with Herb Trimpey in, in Hulk 181, but the Wolverine that we know is Chris Claremont. It's all John Chris Claremont, yeah. yes. Uh, we talked about that with Deadpool, the Deadpool movie. Right. The stuff that, that you see in the Deadpool movie is not, not Rob that, Liefeld. Is not that original. Rob yeah, Liefeld. it's jo- it's Joe Casey's run in yes. the in the ongoing. Uh, so that's one of the fascinating things to me with with comics and you, you know who the creators that define a character may not be the creators who create a character. Right, right. Uh, for me, Peter Tomasi doing Damian Wayne gave the character, uh, at least for me, a really really interesting personality when yeah. grant morrison wrote him he didn't really write him he wrote him in grant morrison's way of writing a kid who's supposed to be the son of batman but that sort of got on my nerves when peter tomasi took over writing the character for batman and robin later on he gave him a personality that was far more endearing he wasn't as grating he was definitely a character yes. that, that met some resistance especially with uh more traditional fans, but obviously something that was a character that was important to DC, that was important to the Batman mythos. Yes, they wanted yeah. to continue. And he's kind of grown into his own. And a book like this, along with Teen Titans, which we covered the, the rebirth and the number one for a couple months ago, I think strengthens that character. If you love that character already, this isn't going to this isn't going to change your mind. You're yes, going to continue. Yeah. This is a great continuation of who Damien is right now. Yeah, and if you've been reading, especially a Peter Tomasi Superman run, you've got a you've got a good feel for the characters already going yeah. into this. You know, who and I love Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. yeah, he's great. This book is 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 frankly it's adorable. Yeah, in in a really good way. I mean, there's there's fighting, there's action, but there's also humor. There's a lot of um, you know, cool piece. The art in this is fantastic. I love the way he draws uh, that uh, Jorge Jimenez draws the Kent family with Lois and Jonathan and Clark. And Clark gets called away. I mean, it's such a beautiful yeah. moment. It's so, I don't want to say, you know, like wholesome. And it's just it like, it's, it's, bye, it's, I love you. Got to go save a, the world. Yeah, it's cheesy <sighs> in a good way. In, yeah. in a split second, the, the their game is won. He changes into Superman, sweeps his wife off her feet, 
kisses his son on the forehead and is out the door. Yes. And it's just one of those things where it's like, this is this is really just adorable. Yeah. I, and it, it doesn't feel it doesn't it's cheesy, but it's a good kind of cheesy. It's not. Yeah, bad. it's the kind of character I think that yeah. that you it doesn't go so far that you you sort of kind of roll your eyes in the back of your head. It's, right. It's there's a smile on your face when you read this. It's not cynically cheesy. Yeah. It, it's just this is who Clark Kent's kid would be. This kid. Yeah. You know Clark and Lois. This this all but perfect American couple. Uh, this is the type of child that they would have, and the kind right. of things that he would care about. So. Um, I love this book. This is this was definitely one of the ones. Everyone yeah, was kind of like the last book that I think anyone was really waiting for, in terms of like the anticipation because they announced this at the launch. Yeah, it was launch. Uh, but they knew it was going to much like JLA. We're like, we're going to do JLA at some point. We're going to do Super Sons at some point. Uh, it's been a wait. I mean, obviously, it's, Rebirth only is almost a year old, right? You know, and that nine was months, definitely that was one something. like of that first what the 12, 20 books they announced yeah. it was on there, and then they had a uh, creator change on the book, so it was pushed back even uh, further. So I'm happy it's out now. Definitely worth the wait, at least uh, I think for you and me, we both were anticipating. Yeah, and I've been book. seeing uh, kind of roaming through the interwebs this morning that the general reaction is go get this. Yeah, go put it positive. on your poll. If you enjoy anything about the DC rebirths. Uh, 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 launch and that what they're trying to accomplish this is the book you want to go through or go with um also this week batwoman rebirth this is the rebirth special of uh katie kane as batwoman who of course is starring in detective comics as well yes this Which, is and the book does link to that right at the very very end yeah uh you know it's obviously the one straight for it marguerite benny and james tinney in the fourth is writing it uh, I think Marguerite probably does the heavy lifting here. James Tinian gets the credit because he probably came up part of the idea. And, of course, this version of Katie is his. Steve Epting doing the art. I didn't know that until, like, I'm reading a couple pages. And I'm like, God, this is good. Yes, it's very this looks very good. Very... And then I was like, well, this is Steve Epting. Yeah. Oh, my God. Steve Epting is one of those artists for me that, uh, you know, even though he got a lot of notoriety for it's doing Ed, Brugic, yeah, Ed Baker's cap run, he doesn't get the type of credit that, you know, He's very um I'm looking for I mean he's he's solid. He's he's It's very he's, distinct. Yeah, he's gonna give you exactly what you need too, but it's not a flashy style. No, no, it's uh, very so subtle, it really it's very toned yeah. down, it's not uh, overly rendered, I suppose. Was he be. doing wasn't he doing velvet? He was doing velvet. He was doing velvet, and it's got it's got that feel. Uh, a lot of the oh, way yeah. his panel work, uh, the page for, we're looking for now, yeah, yeah, yeah for Kate Kane is definitely a lot of the panel work that he used for Velvet, which he, is yeah, another he, book. Go check that out. If you yeah, Velvet's James fantastic. Bond, if you want to see Ed Brubaker tackle a James Bond-like universe, check out Velvet. Although the first issue throws you out when... Uh, it does. It does. Well, I still remember reading the first issue and thinking in my head, okay, so this is dumb. The book takes place in whatever it was, like 1975 right. or whatever. Um, the male agent that's in it has a Beretta 92F, and I'm like, that wasn't made until 1977. I'm that guy now. <laughs> it's like, do your homework. Come on. Which is interesting because I will note the gun James Bond originally did carry was a Beretta back yeah. in the old books. But I'm sure when you just Google Beretta, you just pick the most notable one. Yeah. Well, yeah, the 92F is probably, yeah. you know, it was the, the, the issue. The, it's the army issued pistol. So everybody uses that one. I did that to you with the... Um, uh, Man in the High Castle. Yes, yeah. Because I was, I was like, why do they have MP5s P5s. in the in the gem- that wasn't invented? And I'm like looking up stuff, and you sent me a website for yeah. like movie guns and, and it's stuff like, like it's that. It's technically correct, yeah. which is the best kind of correct. But 
it's also one of those things like it was the first year of creation for the gun yeah and the japanese military is using it immediately like, how do they have that but that's a it's german it's a different universe whatever but it was just yeah, kind of it's funny. an alternate reality it's one of those things immediately as i see it i pause it and go wait what year is this would that have been I, the same thing with velvet uh no, we I have no problem with that here because this is all modern yes we are jumping back in and out between Katie's life uh, as a rebirth book. It's not a number one. It's a rebirth special. Right. It and is kind of reestablishing the pieces that you've seen in other books that have already come, most notably J.H. Uh, J. Williams III and Greg Rucka's uh, Elegy. Yes, and, and and to note, the, the way you can tell the difference is that if it is the rebirth special, it'll be the title of the book, then rebirth below it. Yeah, in big versus, letters. Yeah, in big letters versus when it's the regular title, it'll have like the tiny rebirth on top and then the big title of the book. Yeah, so this very much uh, serves as a zero issue. Yes. Uh, kind of reestablishing how we got to the point that she's in right now. Um, Recapping we kind of, Yeah, we recap where she meets Batman, what happens, you know, a much larger story of right. how she got kicked out of the army, a much larger story of uh, her time even just in the last couple of months with the, the detective crew. Right. And then the end, her in a... Uh, what's coming, what's going forward. Yeah, a, um, a sneak peek into a yeah. possible version of her from the future is thrown in there. Yes, yeah. there's a lot going on in this issue, yeah, but it's a good way soon. to, like, hey, what's going down? Who are these characters? What's her relationships been? How did she get to her point with being part of the Bat Crew? Yeah. And I like that. Um, we always started this podcast with Rebirth, and we, we did a lot of Rebirth specials, and some of them succeeded as Rebirth specials. And some of them, I think, were less than succeeding. I always remember Hal Jordan. Yeah. The zero, the zero issue was not a great issue. The number one was fantastic. Right. Um, this is a zero issue. Does everything it needs to do. If you have not been reading Katie since her debut in the fifty-two comic book series, or Greg Rucka's run in Detective so many years ago, and even the Detective now, and the pieces that have kind of come through as she's grown into this character, this will help set you up kind of what her background is, her relationship with some of the characters that we see in here. We see Renee Montoya. We see her dad, who was also in Detective. who's the first story arc. Yes. Um, we see her her time where she kind of disappears for a while when she is in She's Greece, jet-setting. I think. Jet-setting with the uh, with, uh, billionaire playboy. Not Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, yeah, Monaco. So she's in Monaco. Uh, she's outside of Malta in this in this swank kind of mansion. There's a woman there that she's with. This is all new to me. Yeah. Uh, so I'm wondering that you know that's probably little additions little here and there. Yeah, little things to kind of make it make it their own. Um, I love Steve Epping's art. Yeah, it's I, beautiful. I, it's it's beautiful. It's it's dark in a good way. Really good line work. Uh, he's come a long way from the guy who did Avengers and one of the uh, he did. Was it Astonishing X-Men for Age of Apocalypse? He did one of them. I still remember being like, who the hell is this guy? I'm like, just wait. It'll be great. Oh, yeah. It's one of the things like, just wait. To it's like, so like he's been that. in for a long time. Well, he's too. been in, I mean, oh, yeah. That was mid-90s or late 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it he's becomes been, one of those things like, just wait till you read him on Captain yeah, he's America. Been doing then comics, everyone will know his name. He's been doing comics for over 20 years. And oh, yeah. Just as prolific as he ever has been before. So those are our two DC offerings. Um, again, both ones that... that were announced early or at least we kind of figured were coming in the terms of in the case of Batwoman and both solid solid issues Super Sons is fantastic it's definitely a book if you're interested in the, in the fun DC books if you're liking something like Superman if you're liking something like Teen Titans 
or Titans or, you know, even Detective. It's, it's got kind of a feel for it. And, of course, if you're a Superman fan, we threw it in the subs for all the Superman subs. So if Give you were pulling shot. Superman, we put it in there because, obviously, the, the writer's the same. And it's following a character that you've been following for the last almost year. So two good ones there. I want to talk about God Country. This is a, an image number one. It is um, something that, like I said, it came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, it hit that speculator market, which, of course, you know, dries up this thing. It's we've probably, talked about yeah, yeah, we've talked about the especially the speculator market tends to be heavy for image number ones. And we yeah. mentioned it before. Um, and that, that kind of push, it, it's a shame because you get a book like this where people who are interested in why it may be uh, such a hot commodity. Yeah, we'll you know, never get a chance to won't read get a chance it to read it until and weeks later when they do a second yeah, printing. Yeah, so they do the second printing, so we're hoping that you know those people that want to read it. I didn't even get a chance to read it. Yeah, they won't get discouraged going, so. to pick up a second printing. Please, yeah, we're, pick we're up this it. book. If it's if got a cool yeah. bright red cover too. It's yeah, fantastic. the cover is gorgeous. I love the font work on it, and I like. There, there's the opening salvo for the book. It's right in the front page. You got a great Cormac McCarthy quote. And the story feels very slice of life right at the beginning because it's got that like, hey, let me tell you a story about yeah. something that I heard once. Now, I'm, you know, I wasn't there to experience it. I'm just telling you the story as I heard it. Yeah. And it's about a family and a dad whose own father is going through Alzheimer's and he's moved his family out to go take care of him. But that's sort of in where the book shifts. Texas? Like a twister. West Texas, yeah. So yeah. It was in West Texas. They moved from, I think, Austin to West Texas. Yeah, they were in Austin. It's got a family in Austin. The father, the, the mother dies. Uh, she was able to keep uh, the, the father, Father Quinlan, um, under control once she passes away. And this is all told through dialogue. Is yes. you know, basically you don't see they come, yeah, they come back, and the sheriff says something's happened. Uh, Donny Cates does a story. I don't know if he's done anything before this, but yeah, it is. It's just piece, 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 piece. It's little pieces that come into it. Uh, really good with the dialogue. It's got a cool yeah. interlogue interlude with you know this guy walking through town and these wolves running after him. And yeah, he's, past him. he's whistling. And then there's yeah, there's this this big storm, and then we get into uh, Pop saying exactly who. We think Pops everybody thinks Pops is yeah. Uh, so we get something, you know, it's it's a it's it's a birthright type thing, or or there's a number of stories like this. I mean, basically, right. it's a, a shell, um, but uh, it doesn't jump you right in. It sets up everything. Yeah, um, it's got the it's got the big the family drama stuff. Yeah, you know, and it, it's one of the things where it's 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 good to sort of see a book that is doing this story, and the very beginning is very sort of heart wrenching. Where you have yeah. a family being torn apart because you know, taking care of someone with dementia and Alzheimer's is not easy work. And having that moment of the family like, look, you know, he's not your dad anymore. And yeah, you've got to live your own life. Yeah, and... the son still wants to take care of him. But then... He's going to, what am I supposed to do? Right. You know? I don't want to put him in a home, blah, blah, blah. And then you sort of have that like halfway through the book almost dead on halfway through the book you have that big shift for the story yeah and it gives you kind of reminded me a little bit of a, a Snyder and Lemire's AD where yeah, it, the, yeah. the family story there and then we get the comic part of it with Jeff Lemire just something so completely different and yet you know they're connected in a certain way it's the same thing here you're getting this kind of again yeah the family drama and everything and then there's a magical event that happens yes. you're like okay this is totally different um it's got the uh, Jeff Shaw's art is kind of that scratchy-ish style. I mean, talking about someone like Jeff Lemire, there are some some pieces that, that kind of feel that. The colors are gorgeous. Yeah. Oranges and yellows and bright greens. Bright storm, yeah, has, greens. A, has a great... Uh, yeah, the, the tornado is just a green. giant, like like a green yes, entity. It's a maelstrom. Yeah. 
coming the through hat. town, bringing, bringing demons and monsters. Yeah. and yeah, um, it's good. So it's definitely a yeah. The number two comes out this week as well. I didn't get a chance to read number two yet, but it's definitely something. God Country was something that uh, it, it it's a book that hopefully and it because of that omniscient narration of that there's a bigger story here. Yes. It feels like you know almost a way of of the old Vertigo books, some of the Image books, where we know where we're going. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you a tale of something that happened long yeah, ago. Yeah. So you know as you're getting into it that you're in for something that's going to be a little bit bigger than this guy's got a sword and this dude clank clank done. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be four issues or three issues. Hopefully, it's going to be something a little bit bigger. We got the same thing with Green Valley. Yes. Yeah. With Max Landis's Green Valley, where you kind of three issues in, going, this is going to be a lot bigger than I think we were really. Expecting, kind of expecting yeah. sort of thing. So God Country, a, a good image number one. I've been underwhelmed by a lot of the image stuff. Um, so it's nice to kind of have something that got me a little more excited. Speaking of excited, the Wild Storm, Warren Ellis's reimagining of the homage section of the the Wild Storm. Universe. Yeah, basically the Wild Storm universe became its own universe through Image. Uh, homage Studios was Jim Lee's uh, personal studio. He started Wildcats with uh, Image and. 1991, 92, wherever yeah. that's at. Um, so he named Wildstorm kind of like his corner of it and all these different pieces that I grew up with when I was in high school reading these books and I loved them and they're crazy and they're nuts. And yeah, they're, they're, they're weird. Very 90s, 90s. Um, they've tried to integrate some of these characters into the DC with limited to zero success right? Uh, through the New 52 and now... Um, we have a couple pieces here and there in uh, in Rebirth. You know, they tried doing a Team 7 book, which was horrendous, unfortunately. Uh, they did The Ravagers with Caitlin yeah, Fairchild from Gen 13. There's been some of these characters that have gone through. The Wildstorm is its own thing. It is not connected with the DC Universe. It is Warren Ellis's reimagining of all the things that kind of happened in the 90s, um, but doing it with a modern sensibility. Uh Warren Ellis, of course, worked on Stormwatch and The Authority. He's very familiar with oh, the yeah. Wildstorm Pep universe. He was that first kind of change uh, that you saw these books like Planetary and The Authority and Stormwatch and these types that really changed what Jim Lee's books were doing. Uh, Alan Moore worked on Wildcats, yep. um, in which that book went from, it's just a cool team fighting demons or fighting uh, aliens, and it became his run where they go back to their original planet is all about social class, and it's about war and, and the, the the complete uselessness of it is the fact they find out the war's been over yeah. for like a thousand years, and they just left them on Earth to go, yeah, keep fighting. We don't care. We're not going to talk to you. Um, in this case, for the Wildstorm, there's a small interview in the back. He did a longer interview in uh, the issues from last week or the week before, which actually got me really excited for this book. Uh, but I want to give him his quote because he explained it better than I did. Uh, they asked him uh, how the Wildstorm would differ from his earlier work, like Stormwatch and the Authority. And Warren Ellis quote, I knew I wanted to preserve the themes from the original work by Jim, which is Jim Lee, and his friends, their fascinations with conspiracy theories and black ops, for instance. But that meant looking at the conspiracy theory-laden landscape of today. So there's a lot of research on, for example, the current state of ufology and the extraterrestrial hypothesis. Additionally, I'm also taking a more novelistic approach. Each six issues is a short book, and The Wildstorm, which is the title, is a four-book series, 24 issues and chapters. Um, so he's got, again, he's got an end game. There's a, a number system at the top as you're going through this. Uh, John Davis Hunt, as the artist, very... Uh, Great clean lines, very strong, very matter of fact. Classic panel work. Again, nothing too fancy, but 
you know, does a great job of there's a transformation in the middle. Right. It lays everything engineer. out. Yeah. Uh, if you have been a fan of Wildstorm like I have, and you went through the beginning, you went through the bombastic image days of, of homage and Extreme Studios and Savage Dragon and Spawn and everything, and then you get to that shift that they have, and then an even bigger shift, again, Wildstorm, Authority, and Joe Casey's Wildcats, which His is... Wildcats run is... is, is it's, fascinatingly yeah. amazing and there's pieces of it here that's how strong that is the halo corporation here is the one from joe casey's yes run. it is um we get uh characters that you know voodoo and zealot uh death blow michael cray um cole we know is going to be in it cole cash's grifters is, is, is on the cover for the second one they mention his name in here we get craven who in this series in the original series is the head of io i think it's international operations or internal operations it's basically like the cia on crack the super secret uh intelligence organization that right. is nefarious and wrong yeah, they've got their hands in everything yeah um their hands in many and we get characters like the engineer uh we get adriana which was void michael cray is uh death blow like he wasn't originally he's an assassin of course he's like a bad guy here io versus halo uh corporation is kind of the setup and then we have these characters that go through it um, there's little nods and Easter eggs in all the places. Michael Cray's tattoo on his forearm is right, the mask like, that he had yeah, originally. Yeah, he originally had the the, the two bars across his eyes. Yeah, um, no, I thought I thought Warren Ellis did a very nice job of picking the parts that worked really well from the highlight, the the high point in the Wildstorm yeah. uh, comics, and then. Did a nice job of bringing it back down to Earth because some of the Wildstorm stuff, especially when you look at certain points in time, was either like super hyper action, hyper violence. Yeah, that's where the, that's where it started. I mean, yeah. all that in the '90s was, was exactly what the '90s were. The, yeah, that early image stuff was was taking that '90s tone of the X Men and blowing it up to a million. It's like, what yeah. if we take yeah. the X Men and make it sort of rated R, and it's just going to be crazy? And of course, all the good guys are bad guys, and you know government's a bad guy and this is so those pieces are here in a way it's it's much more subtle but if you if you love the uh the type of stuff that you were reading especially later uh this it reminds me very much of when he started uh, when he took over stormwatch right because right. he threw everything that stormwatch was out the window i still remember it's issue 42 i think everything that stormwatch was for the last three years just flushes it down the toilet and completely rechanges yeah. it and I remember reading it, and I'd followed Stormwatch since the beginning, and I'm like, this is dumb. Okay, I'm going to read this again. And I was like, oh my god, this is really, really good. And if yeah. you read that Stormwatch run, which leads into authority, uh, that stuff is amazing. So yeah. I was so glad to see him Yeah, come the tone back is very even keel here. He did a lot of really good setup. And I did like, again, uh, the things like, uh, like Deathlow's tattoo is a really, really subtle reference to the original costume that's yeah. not going to be super bombastic in this. Just really, really great stuff. There's a, the moment where, uh, oh my gosh, uh, I forgot the character's name. She uh, has her transformation into uh, the cyborg with it's the uh, nanites. Angelica, yeah. Angelica, yes. And yeah, she's, she's the ta- uh, engineer. Yes, she's engineer. She's talking to her boss. I think I've made a breakthrough. And it does, again, uh, you mentioned he was looking into conspiracy theories. It does have that feel of being somebody who is is slowly going crazy you know, I've been trying to talk to you and they won't let me do it, so I have a chance now. And she just, like, she's goes to their lunch table where they're at, like, a coffee shop, and uh, she just uh, tosses all the stuff that's on the table off it so she can pull up a chair 
and just has that really, really interesting moment. And then when she realizes, like, oh, okay, this isn't working out, she walks off and then decides to go save the president of Io's life. And uh, Halo. Like, yeah, Halo's life. And has yeah, that, great, uh, that great transformation sequence. Yeah. And it's really, really cool to see, like, the nanites beginning to change her body. No, really, really great stuff. Yeah, so the small panel work for this, uh, when she kind of finishes and you see the rest of her her cyborg robotic transformation is so well done. Uh, I was super excited when they announced this, again, being a Wildstorm fan and the fact that Warren was doing it right. and seeing the early the early things that he would say about it and the early production pieces and, and, uh, and sketches and stuff by John Davis Hunt and a number of other people. I was super psyched for it. I was so, you get to that point now, those, those nostalgia pieces where they're kind of redoing it's like, just don't be bad. Please don't, just be, don't bad. be bad. Yeah. And it was fantastic. It was, oh, yeah. it was everything I could have wanted. Again, it's not uh, over the top bombastic. It's done in a subtle way, but there's so many pieces that are moving. Yeah. Uh, and he brought know. a, it brought a heavy planetary feel to it. And yeah, I, I appreciate that. that planetary for listeners out there who've not checked uh, that out or even heard of it. It's definitely, I think, on both of our recommendation lists. I have it in four different ways. Yeah, I had the original four volume. Anyway, I have all the comics. I have the original four volume trades, which when I bought the uh, um, what's the big uh, absolute, the absolute editions, editions. Uh, I, I, I moved those on to somebody else and then I bought the Omni. Which is a big hardcover because yeah. it was easier to read than the uh, than the the absolute edition. So yes, I basically any way that they put out Planetary, I end up buying yep. it. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorites. John Cassidy at, at the height of his powers, Warren Ellis just doing a great great story. Yeah, which is different genres nonstop. Number three, the the Hong Kong kung fu movie kind of spoof ghost thing. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, it's got a little bit of that. I mean, it's not as as. It's not as over the top type of sort of thing. No, uh, and it's less. Uh, a lot of those early issues of Planetary are actually self-contained, and then you start to see the bigger picture. Uh, these definitely starts with a big picture here. There's a, yes. going on between Io and Halo, and these moving pieces that are through it. We get a very small bit of um, Priscilla uh, Voodoo. Uh, she's like a basically like a rock star or something. Yeah, yeah. Here. She's supposed to be like a pop star, and she's like, I want to do my ads here. And yeah, here. we're gonna do it. We're gonna do a show here. We're gonna do a part like basically in the middle of yeah over here. Times Square, right in yeah. front of the Halo building. It's like the so, reason yeah. why we're picking here is like this is alien territory. A guy was abducted here. Oh, that alleyway over there. I think she's at one point it's like the hobo turned into a bat down that alleyway over yeah, there. Wait, this the same this, sort of thing. It's like a nexus of, yeah, of supernatural activity, and it's like, all right, I like this. Yeah, I'm totally paid enough to go in the New York U. UFO bat hobo tour. Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting. It looks like they made Miles Craven gay, which, if you know that character in the '90s, would have never ever been gay. Right. But here he is. He's gay. Uh, yeah, the conversation when Angelica shows up at the at the table is so really well. Yeah, done. she just knocks all their stuff off the table right onto his boyfriend's lap. It's like, all right, yeah, I, we got to talk. Seat and yeah, it's just a lot of kind of crazy things for it. So it's definitely a book. Uh, if if you're not interested, you know, basically, if you're someone who had read Wildstorm or whatever, it's still you're just going to approach it fresh faced. You're not going to yeah. see those connections. So there's a lot of things for the fans that are there, but even not seeing those connections, it is a layered story that starts here. We know it's going to be 24 issues. No, I'm excited to see where it goes and where it comes from there. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's not Karnak where every issue is like four months late. Right, uh, right. It's something that'll be uh, fairly regular and on time, but it's definitely, it's, it's like, killing me not to actually buy it and take it home <laughs> uh it's probably one of those ones i'll wait for trades because i know i'm gonna be yeah you want the collections again yeah um but yeah really liked uh wildstorm four really strong books this week 
Um, nothing that that I'd say is oh yeah, it's not too bad or whatever. I mean, Super no, Sons no, is fantastic. Really, really that good one's really books. good. Yeah, God Country was was one of the ones. That, you know, when it was solicited, eh, whatever. But I wanted to see what that book was uh, after that initial hype, and wanted to to give it a chance. And then reading it, saying that that's it's it's really good. Really, really enjoy it. And then for me, the Wild Storm. Yay! Storm is coming. Like they use the hurricane flag too. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And the, yeah. the and, title. Yeah, the title. Very Warren Ellisy. A, a very Warren Ellisy cover, especially when you look back at his like planetary days. It's got the amount of issues that's going to be in this book with a little tiny counter on it. No, yeah. it's, it's definitely got that. Like, all right, it has it has Warren Ellis's DNA all over this book. I wish I had the book from last week because it's got a longer uh, interview with yes, it. Yes. Yeah. This is like a but, very shortened edition. Yeah. It's like it was like a, like a condensed version of it. Any of the books from last week had a much longer uh, piece for it, but c'est la vie uh, as it is. So I think that's going to wrap it up in terms of comics for this week. I'm sure we'll have more great comics for next week as I look through the invoice. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Probably one. I'm sure there's a week that we're just going to go through like, ugh, there's nothing here. It's kind of the dread piece. One of those you just go through and you're weeks. like, eh, it's one of those weeks where there's nothing. Electro number one's next week. Ooh. We might look check in with uh, with Monsters Unleashed. It's up to like its third or fourth issue by next week. Flash, if you guys haven't read Flash, Return of the Rogues, uh, which started in I think number fourteen. Yeah, it's been really really good. We've I, got Justice League, I think, as well. Justice League's been doing is it, it's got to get the point. But Flash, one of those ones that because it's the Rogues, it's it's really really well well done and really uh, really great. Justice League of America number one's next week. We did the Rebirth. Two weeks ago. This will be fun to see where the first issue goes to uh, next week as well. Sun Bakery. I don't know what that is. We'll go from there. Okay, so that'll do it for this week. Uh, as always, we want to remind you that Comic Tating is a member of the Nerdables family of podcasts. We have our Nerdable podcast. Right now we're doing the Deadcast every Sunday after The Walking Dead. Uh, we'll have Star Wars Declassified here in a couple of weeks. We're going to do... Uh, breakdown and opinion pieces on Darth Maul as he's starring in uh, Rebels uh, and of course our podcast uh, we will be at uh, WonderCon yeah Pro Badge for WonderCon so we're going on yay it's not an Easter weekend yay oh my goodness that's going to be very nice yeah. make your dinner reservations in advance if you decide to go to downtown Disney yes yeah this is so Last year when it was in L.A., I was so disappointed because there's two places. We go to Lucille's, and there's a Mexican restaurant like just down the street that we, we go to on Friday nights. This place is great. It's very small. It's home, you know, mom-and-pop type thing. And because it was in L.A. last year, we didn't obviously we didn't go to those. The year before, we usually go to Lucille's on Saturday. We go to the Mexican place on Friday. We flipped it. We went to the Mexican place on Saturday, and it was packed. We couldn't even go, so we went somewhere else. Uh, so I'm looking forward. That's one of the things I said. I want to go to WonderCon just to go back to that Mexican place on Friday night and, eat. and then I don't know maybe Thursday is it going to be at the LA Convention Center? no it's in LA it's okay, so it is it's say, last year we, we didn't do any of that because it was in the convention center right. so this year it's back in Anaheim it scared me for us I actually like it when it's in Anaheim it's a little oh, no, farther it's, yeah. out and... no it's it's nice I mean for me uh, my buddy Eric lives in Corona I feel and... like they use the space more efficiently when they use the Anaheim Convention well, Center well LA's got a weird Oh, yeah, it's, 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 well, it's also a multi-room. Yeah, and it just it, it's it's we talked about it when uh, go back and find the Nerdable show where we talk about uh, the WonderCon in LA last year. LA's got such a different feel to it. And, yeah. It always feels like a um, 
We also live here, so it's different. Yeah, it's like, oh, great. I got to drive oh, back and forth. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's not five, far enough hooray, to get... It's 101, hooray. Yeah. For me, in, from a personal sense, like going to stay with Eric, who's been my best friend for 20-plus years, and getting to see his family, and then he's actually going with us. He's able to go for all the days and everything. And, yeah, it's being away and not really – it feels like more like a convention, convention thing. Yeah, I'd rather fight – WonderCon, we drove down every day. Yeah. Of course, last year drove down because – I'd rather sick. fight the traffic to get down to basically Disneyland than to go on to the 101 or try and navigate around the city to go. It's like, no, no. You'll it's, have to check the uh, – It's farther out, but it's, uh, it's, it's a little nicer. You'll have to check the um, – So I never want to see – uh, San Diego Comic Con moved to LA. It's like, no, I live in LA. No, I want to go out of town. It can't, it can't move to, again. No, it can't. A topic we've covered no, can't. numerous times. There's no way it's going to move here. It's impossible. There's, it's just there's no logistics that make any sense for it to be here. My reasons are more selfish. I want to go out of town. Yeah, no, Comic-Con. yeah, you don't want to go to that sort of thing for for it. And again, Anaheim is is the same way. It feels like it's far enough away that you go. It's a little vacation to go there. Yeah, you don't want to. You know, I don't want to go to a big convention and then drive home. Yeah, exactly. Come on, got to check and see if the uh, if we can get in on our passes for Disneyland the day before. You'll take the day before. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. especially for downtown Disney, where it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. look at all this food. I'm gonna make my reservation at eight in the morning just to skirt around everyone leaving the convention center to go yeah. get food, which was hell one year. I remember going one year. It's like, hey, well, why don't we go check out downtown Disney? Like three and four hour wait times okay well what about a couple of the restaurants in the surrounding area two hour wait times yeah just you, go you, home if you can yeah you find uh uh anaheim has enough places close to it that you can find something oh, yeah. versus i mean downtown la if, if you're not going to um uh, uh a, a staple center uh, yeah right the nokia section or whatever or the nokia thing is yeah it's like la live that's what yeah it that's what it is uh if you're not eating there forget it there's yep. almost no place else to eat uh, that's it within any sort of distance we went um we went to mikey and i went to nhl fan fest we walked to this taco place it's got to be like 12 blocks away it was Holy insane crap. like we were just going like oh oh this is where the metro stayed oh this is where hancock park is oh my goodness you're gonna keep going this better be good tacos they were good tacos but still um yeah so we're excited to go back to WonderCon at the end of march uh i think that should probably do it. I'm just going to wrap this up. Uh, for my partner, Sebastian, this is Chris saying we'll talk to you next week. Hi.